Hello and welcome to the 48 Volts podcast. This is the pilot episode, so hopefully you'll forgive me if anything doesn't quite go to plan. Um, But hopefully I'll get a sort of feel of how I want the podcast to pan out and maybe some of the topics I'll likely cover. This is not my first foray into the world of podcasting. I have been here before with a couple of other podcasts that weren't perhaps as successful or gained traction or sort of went the way that I wanted them to go, but hopefully with some new topics in areas that I'm fairly comfortable with, uh, mainly the live sound uh, industry or live sound world, I suppose. Um, Hopefully I'll have some more topics that I can cover and something with a bit more substance to it, um, which will well, hopefully build some form of a viewer base, or listener base, I'm not sure the exact technical term, but yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll stick with that. So, I suppose I should start with a little bit of background about me. I am a second year live sound uh, student at DBS Music University in Bristol. Um, I've worked in quite a few different sort of areas of the live sound world, I've worked in live sound events i've also done some theater stuff as well as uh, a little bit of live streaming stuff as well not everything is the same and there are different challenges that are presented with each different area and also different things to be enjoyed about them in the end i hope to progress onto a full-scale touring live sound job uh, maybe with a band Uh, the, the final goal is to mix at Glastonbury. Now I don't know how realistic that goal is but it's a goal that I've set myself so hopefully I'll be able to achieve it by the end of well my career (laughs) hopefully. Um, So we'll see how that goes but for the time being I'm just a second year studying um, hoping to get a Bachelor of Arts degree in live sound and for the most part the um, the degree I'm studying is very good. well, for all part, it's uh, definitely one of the better courses I've seen in the country, and there's very few, uh, especially in England, that I've seen that covers specifically live sound, um, which seems to be quite rare. Most of it's sort of um, music production. I know we've got a couple of music production uh, universities in Bristol, uh, namely uh, BIM is one of them, and I considered BIM but decided it didn't really fit the... Uh, the course that I really wanted to study. And I'm glad I didn't choose it, to be honest, because the course I'm on now is significantly better. And it's got uh, small groups, which is what you need for teaching live sound, and also all the equipment that you could uh, that you could want. We've got quite some nice expensive desks and some quite nice expensive uh, speakers. I know, obviously money isn't the be-all and end-all, but it definitely plays a part when it comes to gear. Whilst I was at college, uh, we, I obviously played around a lot with all of the different gear that they had there, which was limited, um, I'd say, but it was good uh, that I had pretty much free reign to play with all the gear that I wanted to. Um, so we had a theatre space, we also had a live sound room, which I was quite often in, um, which had, oh, I think it had an old Tascam studio desk 
which I used as a live sound desk, which, you know, it worked. It wasn't the wasn't the best thing. I think it was a TM, I think it was either TMD or TDM uh, 4000, I think. I'd have to fact check that, but um, something along those lines. So here's me adding something in just a little bit later whilst editing this. It was actually a TMD 8000. It was a, it was the step up um, and it was quite large, I must say. Obviously designed as a studio desk, but I used it instead as a live sound desk and it worked pretty well. Um, unfortunately, you could only you only had so many dynamic effects that you could assign to only so many channels. I think it was something like you could only assign dynamics to eight channels or something crazy like that, I suppose. Um, you wouldn't really do that uh, with a desk like that because it was designed to be firewire. You'd firewire it into something like we used a Motu in the studios, a little, uh, I think it was 16 in, 16 out interface in the studios. Um, so it was more used with that instead of, you know, main live sound um, where you would probably want dynamics on almost every channel, um, at least lightly on every channel and then obviously your main compressors on bass uh, drums and uh, vocals things like that um but it was it was powerful for what it was and it was almost digital you know there weren't any flying faders um it was it was all but it worked and it was it, it was all right to use to be honest um it, i prefer, much prefer it to an, any analog desk that we had um definitely <laughs> in fact actually accidentally dropped one of the desks uh, it was a studio master i can't remember the exact exact um model of it i think it was something like a 12 or 16 channel something like that it was only dinky but i managed to drop that unfortunately but the trade-off was that i managed to procure us a brand new behringer x32 which was leagues ahead of the tascam and of course flying faders which everybody wants flying faders let's be honest um so that was nice um we didn't have any active speakers or anything like that we didn't have any dmb stuff uh which we have at uni now um it was all sort of ev sx3 hundreds or is it 3000 i think it's sx300 uh, yeah, because it's 300 watts per cab. Um, SX300s, which were quite nice, to be honest. You got a, a relatively decent amount of low end out of a 12-inch woofer on those, which I was quite impressed by, to be honest. Um, and those were powered by just some standard Behringer 2,500 watt amps, um, which, interestingly, if you turn them on, um, they would, and you were connected to the EVs, they would squeal for about two seconds, and it was horrible because it was very loud. So you had to turn them on and then um, plug your speakers in. I suppose it's just one of the quirks of using a system like that or cheap amplifiers. I think it's something to do with the capacitors or something. But it's Behringer, you know, you get what you pay for. But they worked okay and then they were coupled with some horrible PV uh, bass bins. I think they were 15 inch, something along those lines. But in the theatre space, we had some quite nice eminence um, subwoofers which were coupled quite nicely with the EVs, uh, I must say. They moved quite a decent amount of air for 15-inch woofers. Um, obviously, there were two of them, um, one per enclosure, um, and they worked quite well. I don't think they were well suited to the enclosure, though, because they were just modded uh, PV enclosures, um, so the uh, yeah the coefficients well quite worked out terribly well with those. But they worked, you know, what can you ask for? Um, and then moving on to uni 
got some really nice DMB stuff now. Um, which is nice, but I'm not a massive fan of the preset um, user interface that they have and their, their operating principles where everything is preset and you can't fiddle with anything because I, I like to tinker with systems and stuff like that and change things and weird and wonderful setups. You just can't do it with them. It's like you plug it in, you turn it on and off it goes and that's it. You know, it, it's not very... I know it's supposed to make things easier, but you're making things easier. There's nothing... You're not learning about how these actually work, which is what I want. I want to know how it works so that when it doesn't work, I can make it work again, hopefully, just by fiddling around with it and seeing what I can work out what is wrong with it. And I quite enjoy doing that because then it's very, very satisfying when you finally get it right and it works and it sounds amazing. Very satisfying. I'm sort of hoping that some uh, other engineers may comment on this um, and perhaps voice their opinions on it as well. As you know, do you like it? Uh, is it something that speeds up your workflow? Do you prefer it to having to build crossover networks and EQ and you know complex room tuning? Obviously, you still have to do a little bit of that for every room, but you know, do you prefer it or would you rather do little uh, you know fettling? as we would call it from where I'm from. So that's just me rambling about myself. Um, hopefully you've listened this far. Uh, this is just a pilot episode just to, well, introduce what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about lots of different gear, um, potentially some new upcoming stuff uh, that's uh, going to be announced. Obviously, it's COVID at the minute, so things aren't going as well in the live industry, in the live world, because no gigs are happening. But hopefully that changes uh, in the next year or so, and I can get back out there. I'm back using some... Well, Void at the minute is my speaker manufacturer of choice. I really like this stuff, so hopefully I can get back out on the Void rigs. Because uh, I've always wanted to experience an Incubus system in person, because, wow, they're sexy, and from what I've heard, they sound mega. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Ta-ra.